how did I ethically get a new client while they were already working with another real estate agent? So let's start with this. How many times in the last 30 days has someone asked for a recommendation of any kind? Think about it for a few seconds. Maybe your neighbor sees you in the front yard as you're both going out to get the mail at the end of the day. They see that your yard was recently mowed and it's looking great. They compliment the work and then they ask, hey, who does your yard? Another example, a family member is buying a new car and they want to shop for car insurance rates to see if theirs is too high. They ask, hey, who do you use for car insurance? It happens all the time. Now, it's fairly easy for us to rattle off those recommendations for the things in our lives that we use on a regular basis. But what about vendors, specialists in the real estate industry? If you don't have a wide-ranging list of vendors that can help your clients, friends, family, and ultimately potential clients, you are missing out on a huge ROI opportunity. By having this one tool, you are setting yourself up to be the go-to person, even for people you might not know yet, that can count on you as a solid recommendation. Welcome to Real Estate Simplified, where we take a real estate topic that you might be struggling with and boil it down into actionable steps, providing you a path forward to success. I am Brandon Kayla, and my mission is to make it easy for you to better understand real estate and what it takes to be a successful agent. In this show, I will share the skills that I developed and fine-tuned from nearly seven years of experience in corporate America to the real estate industry. If you're looking for ways to step up your game and be the realtor with the answers, regardless of how long you've been doing this, you're in the right place. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. It's time to get started. Okay, back to the story. So I got a new client within the last couple of months, and here's the thing. He was already working with another realtor. I don't mean that in a way like he was talking to a realtor about the possibility of listing his house or someone that he has worked with in the past that he's considering working with when he's ready to sell. I mean, he already had a home listed with this other realtor, and instead of dismissing the possibility of working with him in the future, I stayed engaged in the conversation with him. I was helpful, and most importantly, I was able to provide information that the other realtor either wasn't equipped to help with or simply chose not to take the time to make himself available as an educational resource. So I do need to add a disclaimer here before anybody out there in real estate thinks I'm about to say I convinced the seller to to fire his current agent and work with me. That is not what happened. By the time I met this individual, the home was already listed and they were getting offers uh, from potential buyers. I did, however, help him see through several interactions that this agent might not have had his best interest in mind. In so many situations in life, we come across new people that we are meeting for the first time. That is especially the case while working in real estate. We meet someone that might already have an agent that maybe they've worked with in the past, 
are currently working with or they think they plan to work with in the future. For some reason or another, when getting to know someone new, almost all of us inevitably ask, what do you do for work? If you're in real estate, cue the 30 second elevator pitch that is well beyond mastered. Why is it, and to be honest, I'm guilty of this too until the last few months, that when we tell them we're in real estate and they let us know they already have an agent they work with, we get deflated and immediately the excitement leaves the conversation. That's what I almost did or allowed to happen when I met this homeowner. The introduction started and it was my turn to let Mr. Seller know what I do for work. I gave my perfectly executed 30 second pitch and he immediately said, oh man, I've got a house I'm selling right now and we just got an offer. My realtor wants me to accept it, but I'm not really sure. Usually I leave myself one option, hit him with the niceties and wish him well, all the while noting, knowing that the chance of never following up on that conversation is a very high probability. Immediately, I have entered the zone of not allowing myself the opportunity to show genuine interest in this person's life. It's the typical what's in it for me challenge. As I had that debate in my head, I made the decision to say no. And I continued the conversation showing support, asking thoughtful questions, and continuing to build a relationship with this person. A couple days later, Mr. Seller and I cross paths again, and he has a question for me. Lo and behold, it's about the house that I am not the realtor for, and that I am not getting a commission on. That's pretty huge, especially if you're thinking about real estate and the mindset of a realtor. But nevertheless, I welcome the conversation. It's a question about a request for foundation work to be done based on the inspection report and his realtor thinks he should get the work done and not rock the boat. So get the foundation work done, move through the option period and be done with it. So like I do with any of my clients that I'm actually working with, I ask if a structural engineer has been out to the property or if the recommendation is coming from the inspector. I also ask if there is a report that shows the elevation differences of the foundation. And of course he happens to have it on him. So I take a quick glance at the report and really don't see anything that would be considered a code issue. So in this situation, Mr. Seller is not required to make any changes or spend any money on foundation work. He talks to his agent and they decide to not accommodate the request of the buyer. And ultimately they terminate the contract. So some of you might be thinking, all right, this is when Brandon swoops in and gets the client. Nope, that is definitely not what happened. So at this point, I'm just being a supportive friend. A few days go by and Mr. Seller is under contract again. Not very uncommon in the North Texas market right now. So uh, they get under contract again, nothing big pops up during the inspection, so they breeze through the option period. Now this whole time, Mr. Seller knows he needs to get the roof replaced and has committed to do that for whoever the new owner may be. Only problem is, he doesn't know a reputable roof company. 
of course, he asks his realtor, and he comes up empty-handed. So, the next time we meet up, you know what he asks me? Hey, do you know any roofers that work in the Dallas area, and even more specifically, the Lake Dallas area? You better believe I do. I introduce Mr. Seller to a roofer via text that I've built a relationship with that has also helped out a few of my clients in the past. Roofer has a new roof put on for him in less than a week. The only thing I said to Mr. Seller after all of this was that if there was ever an opportunity to support him through real estate, I would be available. That's when he let me know he has two more investment properties that he is wanting to sell and he doesn't have a listing agreement with the other agent that is helping him with the current house. So I now have a client from a situation two, maybe three weeks ago that looked like a 0% chance possibility. The first of those two homes is scheduled to close on May 22nd and his second investment property will be going on the market in August. Oh, and that second house also needed a roof replacement, which he was able to get done with that same roofing company. It's a picture-perfect example of talking about two birds, one stone. If I stuck to the typical mental block of disregarding someone simply because they're already working with another realtor, I would have never been presented the opportunity to work with Mr. Seller and prove that there is someone else available that can serve his needs more appropriately. And if I didn't have a list of trusted vendors for specialty jobs already curated, I might have still missed out on the opportunity to work with him because I was not providing additional value. So that leads me to my main point. Well, two main points. Take care of those around you. And secondly, if you don't already have a list of trusted vendors in your immediate area and greater metropolitan area, right? So I'm in North Texas, more specifically Frisco, uh, but I still have vendors on my list for the greater Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, so if you don't have that, it is time to start doing your research. Here are the specialties that I have focused on and the ones that I get the most questions about. You will notice a theme and the fact that these are the types of repairs that come up often during an inspection report. So the list is roofer, plumber, sprinkler system, electrician, lawn care, inspector, and overall handyman. You could Absolutely add lender and title company in there if you want to go the extra mile, uh, but those are people that you should be working with on a very regular basis, uh, so you should just be able to rattle those off. If you have a potential buyer or a seller, you can add them to a group text very quickly um, because you should know those names and that contact information uh, right away. So I would encourage having one at the minimum and possibly two options for clients to consider in case one is busy for the week and there might be a quick turnaround time. I got to tell you, you wouldn't believe the positive response you receive when a problem can get solved or at the very least a connection can be made in less than 24 hours. 
All right, so if you don't have a list developed of trusted vendors that you have already worked with, you got some work to do. Reach out to other realtors on Facebook groups, Instagram, or simply ask those in your sphere of influence who they reach out to when a client is in need. The networking group or just group of realtors that I'm a part of, there's about 40 of us now, and we actually have a, a Google Doc that we can go in add vendors, people that we've had a great experience with, our clients have had a great experience with. And so if I, for some reason, um, don't have a vendor or my two, maybe three vendors are just slammed with work and there's a really quick turnaround, I can easily go to that Google Doc, look up who is being recommended, and I easily have um, access to some great resources. But if you don't have access to people in your life, uh, maybe like a sphere of influence or a networking group. Um, if not, are you with the right brokerage that can offer that type of support? I know I'm getting a little deep. I'm getting a little philosophical about choices of brokerage or choices of people that you surround yourself with, um, but it is a question that you might need to be asking yourself. Getting a solid list of specialists in the real estate industry is a foolproof way to differentiate yourself from other realtors in the market. Providing value with no strings attached is going to naturally generate more business by taking care of others around you. If you stick with that, people will be reaching out to you when there is a need. There is no question about it. Become that I know a guy person in everybody's life. For more information about how to keep real estate simplified, check out the YouTube channel at Real Estate Simplified as well as my Instagram page at Brandon Kayla Real Estate. As always, please remember to subscribe, follow, leave a comment, and share the show with a friend if you found this information helpful. Thanks for being with me as I strive to keep real estate simplified.